On this episode, Chris and I have Corey Thomas from AMZ Atlas joining us to talk about creating your Amazon PPC foundation. There was a lot in here, Chris, because this is probably the number one question we get asked all the time, like from people who are starting their businesses. How do I start with PPC? Yeah, and Corey lays it out. How do you get started with sponsor product? Do you sponsor brand video, brand analytics, your budget? different match types, all that stuff he covers in this episode. Yeah. And it's, and it's exactly what you should do because how many times do we talk to people that just, they're coming to us and they're frustrated because they're spending so much money in ads and it's not working. Well, follow what Corey says and you'll be, it'll be working because it's, it's really in depth and he really breaks it down for us. So this is a great, this is a great interview. Let's, uh, let's dive into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 67 of Two Amazon Sellers in a Microphone, brought to you by Solozo. Today, Chris and I are going to be talking about creating your Amazon PPC foundation with a special guest on with us today, Corey Thomas from AMZ Atlas. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Joining us, uh, this is this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, just diving in just to sort of what you do at AMZ Atlas to create foundation PPC foundations for your clients. Um, and we, you know, it was fun because you guys had a big summit that you put on last week and Chris and I were just honored to be a part of it. That was just the production of that was phenomenal. I know it was great value. So we, we had an absolute blast being a part of that. Well, th well, thanks again for setting aside the time and helping us out. And I'm, I'm glad to be here to, to share a bit about that. So I can kind of jump into a little bit of the background and what we do at AMZ Atlas and kind of my personal background over the years working on Amazon. So I've been in the Amazon industry for about 10 years now, started on the resale side of the business. So I think, you know, as you've described your audience, I, I empathize with what it means to do resale and you know, that, that company, as, as I learned how to, you know, use the right tape and cut the right box and don't overhang your pallet by more than an inch or you might not, you know, you, or they'll eat your inventory at the Amazon system. You know, I like been there and totally got that. And I think at the time, you know, 10 years ago, resale was pretty savage and was a low margin business and some made it work, but we had a hard time making it work. So we really pivoted to the direct import strategy and brand building. And that, that kind of came through. We had an insight to go off and build an algorithm. It became, you know, kind of widely used to forecast demand. And when you can, you know, click a Chrome extension and see um, what demand is on Amazon, you, you can spin up some pretty interesting private label opportunities. So we built a real large private label company that, you know, was one of the five fastest in the world growing um, based on the kind of marketplace pulse insights. If that's a blog, anybody I'll plug, plug that blog. It's a great source <laughs> yeah, of content. That's a good one. Um, um, and so anyway, like that was really where it all started. So it's resale moving into private label. And I had this moment though, where I was like, well, part of the reason we were being really successful was because brands were having a hard time paying attention to what was like one layer removed from their branded search. You know, you and our summit last week talking about kind of the, the Coke Pepsi search, you know, mm -hmm. but what about soft drinks? And mm -hmm. so that was kind of the opportunity that I saw of, wow, like private label is getting crowded. It's getting really competitive and, you know, it's going to go down the path of resale. But if brands, whether big or small, take really good care of their brand on Amazon and not just care about their moat around their branded terms, but terms like soft drink, 
the it, it's so much bigger than anybody can imagine. And so that's where I transitioned into the Amazon agency space. Have started several agencies, managed you know hundreds of millions of dollars in sales across different verticals. But it's all in the in the name of helping brands leverage the channel. And that that's what we do as a kind of a full services agency at this point is outside of warehousing people's goods or taking product photos we're in the business of doing everything but this is all that we do like we're not we're not multi-marketplace we don't we're not, I'm not trying to build websites out the, you know out the back door we're just totally obsessed and focused on amazon because amazon changes so much you know it's yeah. uh, it's an update to radio frequency requirements last week and this week it's you know it's a, it's an update to you know the how you enter tracking information from you know merchant fulfilled orders. I mean that that stuff it was in the news section on Amazon yesterday. Like that just <laughs> is what it is. And so our team of all these different elements of our business have to pay attention to all those details and keep up for on behalf of our clients. That, that you know that that enough of my soapbox for for a minute. <laughs> well, it it is interesting because um. Me laser focusing your agency approach on just Amazon, I think yeah. is important. It's enormous. It's a beast. I mean, there's, yeah. and like you said, there's so many things changing and, and to have for someone who is, you know, a seller, let's say like Chris or myself, who's mm -hmm. sourcing their products, working on all these things that we've doing. There's so many other things that take an expert, you know, like, yeah. like PPC, which we're going to dive into here in a second and yeah. just creating the best listings and inventory management and it always changes. And so you're able to leverage what you're doing with all of your clients and what you're learning day to day to help everyone else out. And I think that's important. I think it's really easy in this e-commerce world to be too broad, you know, yeah. and it's, and they can hurt you. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, something that I, I've read, uh, you know, over the years and tried to stay like plugged into of what, you know, really good marketers or entrepreneurs have done in the past. And I feel like the, the ones that I really respect in the world have made really good cases of there's, there's a lot of failed companies that tried to do too many things. You know, very few, you know, companies fail when they're exceptionally good at something very specific. And it, and it helps that it's a growing industry. I mean, geez, what did Amazon grow 50% last year? Uh, it, it really helps that there's tailwinds, but I would rather build a company that knows a tremendous amount about one thing than kind of dilute our offering for other things that we don't really have any business being an expert in. No, we could add that over time. Like it took 10,000 plus hours to become an Amazon expert on, you know, and it doesn't come quick. Um, 10 years later, it's still hard, but it, at least we can stand for something. And I, and I think what that allows us to do, we have clients that have it's a solo entrepreneur with a handful of products and we have clients that are publicly traded. Like we, I mean, it, we have anything in between, but what you just said, Dustin, is that it really is, it's about complementing what's already being done by on behalf of that brand, whether it's a small company or a large one, because there's just so much nuance. Every category has got nuance and can you use two variations and what's the review strategy or what, you know, it just, it's endless. It is an endless list of random nuanced insights that can make or break the business because at least in my experience on Amazon is if you can get the nuance to help start in that flywheel spin in your favor, that really works. But if everybody is using the same basic tactics, there's no way to get past that. Like if you're reading the same blogs that everybody else is reading and you're adding the same emoji to lead your bullet point as everybody else does, like, you know, what is again, financial services, they talk about like the market has absorbed that. 
Mm -hmm. it, like it just it quickly absorbs it. What's the best practice that you know you, somebody published somewhere on a blog? Well, if everybody races to do the same thing, then it's now that's just what everybody does. And mm -hmm. so you have this kind of this requirement to be doing unique things. And that requires, I think, agency partners that can see the bigger picture across dozens or hundreds of brands um, to on behalf of the brands that we work with. You're the third person in a row that we've talked to that brought up emojis. <laughs> <on lists. laughs> I hate seeing those on product pages. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it may, maybe years ago when nobody had one, it made you stand out a little bit, but it yes. cheapens the listing for sure. That's the consensus that we're that we're hearing. I am in that whether even if there's a one percent SEO lift, the brand reputation hit that you take um, yeah. with a fish emoji as you know or something. <laughs> it's just like it just. Can we just put that to bed and not do that anymore, please? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's my one request to your audience. Can we yeah. stop the emojis? <laughs> uh, I, I do want to jump into the PPC and we got, we have lots of questions about that, but I want to touch one real quick on something you brought up earlier. Just you do hear this a lot and you see this a lot. Amazon is way more competitive than it yep. was when like Chris and I started or when you started 10 years ago. Um, it's so much more, it's so much tougher maybe to launch a product in a competitive niche, but at the same time, it's enormous. It's way bigger than it yep. was back then. So when yep. you, win, when you win, it's a bigger win than it could have been back in the day. You're, there's more people that are shopping on Amazon. There's more marketplaces now. Yep. So just touch on that just in, ter in terms of like talking to someone who's starting selling and worried about competition, um, all that. What, where it's still, a, it's still great to be joining Amazon right now. Oh gosh, like, well, and it's, I mean, if we just think about how much the market grew last year, I mean, it uh, grew by a hundred billion dollars in total sales. Now, some of that came from other channels and came from retail because of, you know, the pandemic. Like there's a variety of places that came, but that's not going to like it slosh back to every other channel because especially in, you know, call it shelf stable product categories, which is most of them. Mm -hmm. It's pretty hard to beat near same day fulfillment or next day fulfillment for whatever product you want. I mean, the, the, the old saying of like there's riches in the niches. I mean, mm -hmm. Amazon is the ultimate riches in the niches game because you can win in a vertical that would never stand it. No one would ever stock your product in brick and mortar because they can't turn it for the foot traffic that they have. It's too specialized. But on Amazon, it's like the ultimate niche grocery store on every, in everyone's pocket. So I, I think it just, when the channel is growing as fast as it is, there's more opportunity than there's ever been. And the ecosystem of support is accelerating in kind as well. I mean, that's not the, that doesn't make headlines, but when you think about all the different ways people are starting to use data or even, you know, a platform like yours at Solozo, like that's a sign of a healthy ecosystem when there are more services entering the space, when there's more agencies entering the space, when there's more brands entering the space, like that's just going to help the flywheel that is Amazon spin faster and faster and faster because it's very dynamic and there's just a lot going on. And when there's that kind of competition, there's going to be huge rewards for people um, you know, when they, when they can make it work. But I do, again, I think you can't, you can't listen to a podcast from four years ago and think that that's going to get you there. Like I, I, you know, I've been listening to those podcasts for eight years and the topics are a lot. It has required a much broader set of skills and a lot more specialization than this, Hey, I'm going to import it, throw an FN skew on the container I bring in from overseas that I bought from Alibaba 
and I hope this works out. Like that, I mean, the days of that level of you know, strategy and precision and the, you know, the near guarantee it used to be to launch a private label item, like it demands more from, you know, professional sellers of all sizes than it has ever before. So again, I think it's a vibrant business, but it's also very demanding. It's like the utmost demanding business. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And and we talk to new sellers all the time and they're, you know, they're trying to piecemeal this together. They're going to YouTube, watch up a lot of videos and they're trying to figure out all that. if I had right. to do it all over again, I would jump into a course or some type of training because there's so many moving parts that you just don't know about yet. And and you think you just can throw a label on something and put a UPC code on it and you're up and running. Those right. days are those days are gone. You could get your account suspended in the first couple <laughs> of weeks, and then you could be really in trouble. So I'm with yep. you. You gotta you gotta have some some type of group or some type of training you're involved in because it's it's just not like it used to be. Yeah, and I think I mean we're we're even seeing it for Amazon is starting to become a lot stricter about you having to almost go through the brand registry process before you even get a seller central account. I mean, like the the days of again, it's not every case and in every time, but we have clients come to us that have been in business for twenty years off Amazon, and it is a process to get them onto Amazon. And maybe their products have already been selling, but they're ready to engage the market directly because of all the stuff that's happened in the last year. And it's a pain. Like maybe their products have a thousand reviews, but their seller has never existed before. And so it's this big, you know, guilty until proven innocent process that Amazon is putting new sellers through. I think there's there's never been more urgency that if you're ever gonna do Amazon, you gotta start. Because mm-hmm. it isn't this light switch anymore where you just like log on, fill out a form, put in your, you know, sole proprietor, you know, social security number, and you've got a seller central account that you can go make happen. That's not how it works. Versus an account that maybe you only sell a few thousand dollars a month of product, but because you've been in the ecosystem building a reputation as a seller for a couple of years, you have barriers, like some of the barriers to entry that keep getting higher are are just lower because you've been in the space longer, even if you haven't been a big seller. So I think that that's what I would sell any of your kind of people who are evaluating whether they should get into this business. Get If you have any interest at all, get a business, like get an LLC, mm-hmm. get your seller central account going and start at least with a little bit of arbitrage or something. Because if you don't, like at certain point, Amazon is going to have this question of, do we really need another 10,000, you know, another 300 sellers an hour joining our platform or whatever the crazy stats are, you know, like, do we need an extra thousand sellers a day? Mm, they're adding like 1% overall. It's probably not worth the risk that comes with you know, nefarious behavior on Amazon. Like they, they literally, and when you have 5 million selling accounts, how many more do they need? So I think there's an asset to actually have an account that has reputation on Amazon, no matter what you've been selling before you go off and import a container of $20,000 worth of the product and like roll you roll your retirement dice and hope it works out. Like, <laughs> I mean, like you may not, they may not even give you a seller central account. Like, I mean, what yeah. are you going to do then? So you've got to get in the game. Like you've got to do it and you've got to, but start small. Mm-hmm. I, you can, you can do things and you can dabble, but learn. That's where you talk, you know, Chris about the class is I think classes make sense. But if, you know, if somebody's going to charge you like thousands of dollars for a class, you, you know, what's the thing like, for those who can't do teach, you know, or, or whatever. And here we are trying to teach. I don't know what that says about us, I yeah. guess. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's one of those that that there's 
there's lots that I, I say there's a lot of noise in the industry, uh, you know, of the, it's so easy. Anybody could do it. That's not true. Like it, it does, like you got to put in the work just like any business, just like any business trying to get into a brick and mortar retailer. It, oh, like that's hard. Like this is not a fly by night off the side of your desk side hustle that you can put an hour into every week and hope it's going to work. It's not that anymore. Maybe it was, but it's not that. But if you like, you stay small and you stay focused, you don't have to make it a full-time job either. You, but you got to invest. You got to spend every day. You got to get educated. You got to do these things and trying to shortcut your solution by paying three grand to some class somewhere that's going to give a thousand people the same instructions and they've been just replaying the same class for the last year. I don't think that's how it's going to like that has never worked in my opinion because the news gets old quickly. You've got to stay up to speed um, with all the changes and that just comes from effort. Like there's no quick ways to the top in this game when it's this competitive. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's great points that you bring up. I mean, if, if you can invest that money into an agency or into software that's going to help you move all, move along faster. Yeah. And, or, or into marketing, like uh, not, <laughs> not to do a, like a very deliberate plug, but in a lot of ways it's like, I mean, the knowledge and the insight that you probably need to get started you could consume the basics in a couple hours. Mm -hmm. You know, Amazon itself is publishing the how to get started, you know, videos and you know, they can, you can get going pretty easily and get started, but then I would way rather put it into, you know, some marketing efforts or some product development or trying to test more than one product instead of putting all your eggs in one basket, like put it there rather than in a class that, you know, everyone who runs a class is going to hate me for this, but rather than a class to have someone else tell you their story, like teach yourself some of these things or bring in an agency that actually will help you manage it, not just give you a, a playbook that they wrote two years ago. Like a two-year-old playbook needs to be realized that there's dust all over it. It's all old and out of date versus an agency or a partner like Solozo that's in it, in it every day for the clients that they already work with. That's mm -hmm. what we're, we're in it every day on behalf of all of our clients. Um, so it's much, I think it's more fresh information. Good stuff. All right, let's, let's pivot here and let's talk for a few minutes about PPC foundations that you would set for your clients. You're, you're, in, you're in it every day. Uh, there's, it seems like every couple months, Amazon releases a new way you can advertise on their platform. Yeah. Uh, so you got, there's lots to stay up on and those, if you're not filling those spaces, uh, someone else is a lot of yep. times. Um, and we yep. talked about that on the summit, but look, okay. Someone comes to you. What the, the first thing you're going to do is obviously I'm sure is audit what they've been doing. And then yep. what, what's a, what's a, just a foundation, a fa just a, a starting point to get started with PPC for a client of yours. Well, it's, it's a little counterintuitive, but I think if you haven't for you, the brand that you have, if you haven't filed for a trademark, do that yesterday. Because some of the ad properties you can't even participate in without that. You know, like you've got to be a legit brand. And if you're not yet from a, you know, the USPTO.gov, get that started because it's going to take six months whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. When you have that, that opens up really important elements. And I think from where, where we sit in the strategy that we always use when we work through like a, evaluating how a brand's already doing, you've got to use the sponsored products ad type for your brand name. I mean, that you have to do that both from a defensive position, but also the other off Amazon marketing efforts you're doing and brand building, people are going to start by searching for your brand. Mm -hmm. um, and then, then you got to win those and you got to defend there. But then what, what we see is 
Amazon understands that the advertising business is a pretty compelling opportunity as their platform. I mean, they, they can build their own little Google inside of their, their marketplace. <laughs> so they're going to add more, like they're going to add more abilities to advertise. I mean, sponsored brand video is a big, big winner right now. I mean, that ad type is underutilized and Amazon is juicing the heck out of that. Like we, we are getting clients that if you use that, I mean, the, the ROI that you get on sponsored brand videos is incredible. And so I think what I would suggest again, you don't have to have a, a huge production budget to go build a sponsored brand video. Like you can literally make a the, the right format and the right file. It could be of a bunch of stills. It doesn't even have to be a motion. So I, I think you got to have a trademark so you can use all the ad properties at your disposal. You've got to defend your brand with sponsored products and sponsored products is the low, like you've got to be in that space because there's such great ROI. But then I would really seriously evaluate sponsored brand video because not a lot of people are using it relative to the other ad types. Mm -hmm. And Amazon is really reinforcing the value of when you convert off of a video, they give you a ton of credit for that. And, you know, talk about SEO value. There's a ton of drag that pulls that forward when you're using sponsored brand videos. You touched on the, the sponsored product and we'll go to sponsored brand video because I think Dustin and I are both big fans of those because they, they do convert like crazy, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but on the sponsored product side, I'm a new seller. I just got my product launched. Yep. I get to campaign manager and I'm like, where do I start? Yeah. What, what, do, what do I do there? So something that, that I, I, maybe I'm a little more data driven, but especially if you have a, if you've gone through the brand registry process and so you have insights from Amazon's brand analytics, I like use that information. It's across the top of your toolbar under the brands tab. Brand analytics is going to be sitting there. Use that information. You can click brand analytics and go back in time a year and look at day by day by day, the search velocity. And it doesn't cost you anything. This isn't another tool you have to pay 50 bucks a month to like get access to. This is Amazon's own data and start mm -hmm. looking at generic terms relative to your item. Like what's the seasonality of your, you know, food item, your, your sports and outdoors, your home and improvement or your tool, whatever it is, start looking for the terms that actually matter and mine that information. And, and I, I like to encourage people to grab the ASIN of the product they're trying to emulate, plug that into brand analytics and see what that performs well for at a keyword level, and then export that. Use that as some foundational insight about what your the competitive product you're trying to pursue looks like and what they're performing well for. And then start looking at each of those keywords. You'll get 100 keywords to look at from brand analytics, then do the work and pull those up. How well is insert XYZ brand? How well are they actually, while they may be your goal product to emulate, how well are they advertising against the terms that they're actually performing well for? And I think you inevitably will find holes. You will find holes in their strategy that as you try to emulate them is where you go after. Because you're not going to beat them on the best terms on day one, but maybe the 22nd term that they perform well for. How about we trying to sneak in there using sponsored products very specifically? I like. I think back to your original question, Chris. Of use the data in brand analytics to see what your how well your competitors are performing and what they're performing well for. Then you take those keywords and you put them in a sponsored products campaign, so that you're actually able to target very specifically campaigns and keywords that your product has a chance to be successful for. And I think again, Amazon and the ultimate like feast or famine momentum business is 
it's way more important to convert well on five keywords than it is to have a million keywords in my opinion. Like if you convert well on five specific ones, like it will be this like nice olive branch that will branch out into six and then it'll be seven and then it'll be 12. This whole like throw a million keywords into the wind and see what happens to me is really challenging to manage and scale. And then Amazon doesn't even give you impressions because you're never even converting. So I would rather have a client or I would rather have give, suggest a new seller, start winning on three keywords and put all your budget into a thing that's like a bullseye for your product and start winning on three because Amazon will let you show up for more then add a fourth, then add a fifth. And as you do that, you're gonna organically start to like elbow some people out and you're gonna take up space and impressions with great product are going to lead to sales and that flywheel takes off for you. And I got, so I got my three keywords. I'm, I'm now I'm at the match type area. There's so yep. many broad phrase, exact. What, where am I going with this? I, you know, I think the days of broad in our opinion are, are getting harder and harder to justify. I, we're very much in the phrase and exact strategy, especially when you're going kind of data up. I think I have a new seller, you know, the, the new seller who's trying to get a sale a day, two sales a day, five sales a day, eight sales a day, you got to start tight in my opinion, because again, you're grounded in the data, you know, what's going to work before you ever advertise. Now you just need to be taken seriously by Amazon phrase and exact. You're going to keep it real tight. The moment you get into broad, you're going to start to underperform because you maybe only have a handful of reviews. Like broad to me is a great, it, it's counterintuitive to think that you would start with the more narrow focus and then go to broad as you're more successful. But I think that represents how Amazon rewards, rewards transactions. You need to get transactions to perpetuate more of them. So it's phrase and exact match types grounded in brand analytics keywords for your competitors is a pretty compelling strategy in my opinion. And it works for us okay. a lot. Okay, and now I need a budget. We get this question a lot. Like, what should my budget be? What should my budget be? And, and our our default is always like around thirty dollars a day, because that's what Amazon says inside the app, yep. inside Seller Central. They're like thirty dollars a day, and then some people are like, okay, well, maybe ten, twenty. I'm like, you can do whatever you want. What, where do you guys Where do you guys think about that? You know, I think I think thirty dollars makes a lot of sense, or between thirty and fifty when you're getting going. And part of the reason for that is if the average click cost, again, it matters per keyword. But average clicks are getting 75, 78, 80 cents, a buck 20, depending on where you're in. If you're doing $10, you're gonna get 10, you may get eight clicks in a day. You could be doing everything right, but the conversion rate on Amazon, like a 10% conversion rate is still pretty good on ads. So you may just not have survived long enough on your budget to even know that it was working. So mm -hmm. if, you, if you think about the per click cost, you've gotta be in the game long enough to get enough clicks to see if it works. But it also, I mean, that, agencies that make money off of ad spend would justify you go out and spend $2,000 a day then, you know, like, so it, there is some happy medium there. But if you start small, that's again, coming back to the really tight focus. I don't want to throw one click my entire budget of 50. It's, it's the don't spread the butter on the bread too thin. Like there's only so much if you're doing 30 to $50, that's not a lot of butter for all of these different keywords. So put enough into one that you know, if it's going to work or not. And if it doesn't work for a week, stop using it and mm. then move on to the next one. Like don't do so little across so many things that you don't get any conclusive evidence of anything. That I think is really important. Again, you can do it with $30 a day. You can do it with $50 a day, but stay really tight so that you learn, hey, insert that, that term I thought I would do really well for, I didn't. And we did it for five days 
and it didn't work. I need to put that money now towards another keyword. And when you're that granular about it, I think you can have a really good control over where you're spending your money and learn where you're going to have wins. Because then once you have a profitable sale, okay, now carve out $15 just for that term because it's working. Now let's go back to the drawing board and put another 30 or $40 towards another term. Oh, that one didn't work. Get rid of it. Repurpose the 30 to $40. Like you're kind of slowly but surely doing a land expansion. That's what I'm going to use next time. How much, how much butter do you have? Yeah. <laughs> how much how, butter how, do you want to spread? How, how big is the piece of bread? There's, there's two things that I think you've hit on that are just mistakes that people make. Uh, that that casting the wide net uh, early on, it it like you said, it doesn't give you enough data. If you've got two or three clicks each on a bunch of different keywords. There's no velocity at the keyword level. Even if you got the one yep. sale, what is one sale on one keyword going to do for you? It, it's it's not going to move you. Yep. And uh, so that I think across the board is is the right idea. You should be laser focused on what. But I really love what you talked about at first because I think another mistake is is going after the word that you are the keyword that's the main keyword for your product early on or yeah. that you love with, and it's so competitive. And like you said. Your the competitors are already dominating that space, and yep. it would be so. I, I think it's really counterintuitive, and I love it though. But but get find out where those holes are and attack where there's low hanging fruit, where there's opportunities. I mean, yep. I I've never heard it really explained that way. That's you sort of <laughs> Chris and I talk about this sort of in a different way. But that is sure. I, that that is I think all the people that we talk to that come to us to say. I'm wasting so much money on ads. It, th this is why they're, they're not focused like you're talking about. I mean, <laughs> it's great. And and I, I again, I, not to I mean, you. You have lots of brands that work with Solozo. We work with lots of brands. Like, frankly, I'm not going to let you as an outside seller come in and take one. If one of my clients is doing really well in that top term, I'm sorry, but I'm like you. You're not going to win that. <laughs> right. Now, like, I'm just not gonna let that happen because we're one of the top three results for that term, however popular it is within Amazon, and I'm gonna stay there. Like, that's, I think, this challenge is the only way that you can pick at the professional sellers at scale is not by going head to head with them because they've got legacy history with Amazon, they've got velocity within that keyword, they have history. Hence the thing we talked about earlier, you gotta get in the game, you gotta start building some kind of history. So if you're in the game and you can work through that, then you're able to do things that let you be not the newest seller on the block. But it's not a, you know, it doesn't take rock scientists to know that it's going to be real hard if you go after soda, you know, soda or soft drink, mm -hmm. you know, like that's expensive. But yeah. maybe you go down like organic, you know, zero, no corn syrup, like break it apart, break it into its components and use Amazon's real data through brand analytics to tell you, you don't have to guess. And again, I think it, this is it. we talked about kind of the old playbook, the Google playbook of long tail, you know, mine the million keywords. Yes, you will find a sale there. But in my opinion, when like, what is the stat? Like 70% of people never click to page two on Amazon. I, I, I just don't see Amazon behaving in the same way that the super long tail Amazon does, or excuse me, that Google had, and where the SEO, Amazon it makes money, think about Amazon's motivations to make money. 
They make money when product sells because they do the fulfillment, they get the ad dollars, they get the referral fee, they get everything. There's really, Google's in the business of knowledge and selling like expertise. Amazon's in the business of selling stuff. And mm -hmm. so selling stuff means you need velocity and turn. And you, you see it throughout the business there. Now it's item level storage restrictions that they have with inventory and you know IPI scores are requiring 450, 500 last year. Like Amazon doesn't want their warehouse is plugged up with a bunch of slow turning inventory they don't make any money on, but you know, 65 cents a cubic foot for storage. Like mm -hmm. that's not what they want. They want to make 15% off items that sell a thousand units a day. And then they, you have to compete all day long for advertising to maintain that space. That's a really good business for Amazon to be in. Selling one or two products across this giant landscape is just not what their platform is, you know, kind of built to do. So it's better again to win in one place very deliberately than it is to try to participate a little bit in a hundred places. It's, it's such good stuff. All right. Let's talk about, cause we want to talk about more things. Sponsor brand video. Sure. Starting. Do you recommend right off the bat? So I've, as a part of the strategy, I've, we've, I've launched my product. I've, I've found this targeted keyword I want to go after. Am I launching sponsor brand video right now? It's a, it's a great question. There's a little bit of the chicken and the egg sometimes of where a couple of reviews really matters. You don't need a ton, um, but I, I think you got to be a little bit deliberate and work through your first few reviews mm -hmm. um, at times. And this is, again, like getting really far down the, if you even want to do a little bit of Vine, promote like something to get a review or two. But at the same time, sponsored brand video, especially on a niche keyword, probably nobody's probably doing that. That you may be the only one in that little niche that's going to put up a video and actually care about that niche enough to do something about it. Good for you. That's like that's going to capture somebody's attention. So while reviews help, I have found there's such good click through and such great conversion on sponsored brand video ads that you almost can't start too soon with those. It helps to have a handful of reviews, but get after it. But just stay really focused because those are such rich properties that they're expensive. Like if you try to go at soft drinks, but if you get into that like niche way down there at the bottom, I mean, that, that's going to make a difference because you'll be the only one that has your video with your can of your 12 ounce can of some, you know, super, you know, delicious kombucha or something, you know, like, like get in on that video. And, and it's also, I mean, just think about how people are consuming, like more people buy on the phone than ever on Amazon. But I, I find I make the mistake all the time of thinking about, because I'm on my computer, what the computer experience is like, because like, oh, I'm on my computer doing research and running my Chrome extensions and all that stuff. That's not how, especially for items that are, you know, consumable products or, you know, kind of brand agnostic, that is great for, you know, starting sellers on the private, you know, private label industry. That stuff is like cater made to buying on the app. And the app shows fewer products in page one of search results. Um, it, it, you know, it's harder to go to page two. It shows different content. I think you got to do that sponsored brand video because that is pretty prominent on the mobile app with an mm -hmm. Amazon and it has great click through and great conversion. That's awesome. Yeah. We, we're, and you can we're, make it off a still. It doesn't need to be like somebody running around like in this really huge production value. It can be a little bit of motion on a still photo like or something. I, don't, I mean, get creative and, you know, figure out a way to make it on a low budget. But I think mm -hmm. if you qualify for that SBV ad, Get it in there. Get it. Get started and start with a small budget and watch what happens. Yeah, it's pretty easy. I used my own iPhone. Did mine. Just kind of just did it real quick. 
Yeah. And it's it's not like the best quality. And, and I only did it because I wanted to get it up fast. Like I wanted yeah. to get it up there. And I just did a and quick it, iPhone how video. Did it, how did it go for you, Chris? It's doing great. It's awesome. It, it, it converts like crazy. <laughs> so yeah. it's awesome. And I love that. Like I feel like videos – I mean, sponsored brand always had the promise of A-B testing the term that you used versus sponsored products, which is just like the title. Mm -hmm. I feel like you can do a lot more, especially if you're doing it in the way you described, Chris, we're like getting nimble about it is do some A-B tests around the, what your video is. Like mm -hmm. what what is the thing that's gonna catch somebody's attention as they're scrolling through all these products looking for one thing? Be, you know, be eye-catching, like pop out, try some different things. And again, start with small budgets and a limited number of keywords and see which of these five videos you want to run gets the click-through rate that you want and the conversions. Like, again, get back to these, like, you know, uh, tactics that I think help you be a bit more nimble than the giant that's just going to throw the same video at a million keywords and throw budget at the problem. Like, that's not the strength of a lot of sellers you're describing is you got to be, you got to be nimble. You got to, you know, break things down. You got to care about keywords that don't have the most search velocity and you got to care more than anybody else cares about that one keyword and mm -hmm. go win that keyword and watch what happens. Well, one thing you can certainly do when you're, when you're niching down to that specific keyword that you want to target, your video can be about that keyword. That should be yeah. the thing that they see and yep. then you're going to get that, that's going to improve that click through and the conversion because they just searched it. And now here's a video yep. saying the word that they just searched. Yep. Um, you can, that is a way to, and the, and the big guys probably aren't doing that. Like you said, yeah, when, or, for that, you know, that garlic press that you, you know, the, the garlic press that you're trying to sell, you yeah. know, make sure it says garlic press or like, you know, stainless steel garlic press or, you know, something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, forget about the barbecue gloves. Like, look at the term. What are people, what do people care about? Dishwasher safe garlic press. Do a mm -hmm. video of it coming out of a hot dishwasher. Come on now, like get creative. <laughs> Like, and if it doesn't work, then get a fancier dishwasher and try it in someone else's house. Like, <laughs> like I mean, tr try different things or be crazy and s smash some garlic in it. Like, I don't know, like just try it out. Uh, it's way more, there's so much more creative control over a sponsored brand video than there is what's my auction for a sponsored product. Mm -hmm. And that, that's all you got. You got keywords and budget on sponsored products like be different in the sponsored brand video because the video itself is an entire opportunity to A-B test. I'm here, but one more question, then we'll, we'll wrap it up. What, when do you start targeting other products in your campaigns? At what point do you start adding ASINs to your campaigns? You know, as a, I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of wasted money in that. Mm -hmm. And there's also some like gems in that. And I think I you gotta have a solid business before you're going down that path. And and solid is relative. Like you gotta be selling units, you gotta have reviews. If you're the the product that's got two reviews and you're targeting ASINs that have ten thousand, I mean, we we're just not you're just not there yet. You you gotta stay the course on things that are in your lane because the diversion of someone who's on a product page ready to buy a product that's a brand maybe they recognize that's expensive and hard like the click-through rate and the conversion is going to be pretty challenging so in my opinion um it's i guess it kind of also a little bit depends on the way that you're you know, the, the property you're using like sponsored display and i think of in particular that's just hard like that that is hard and it is low, low ROI because you're really trying to like steal a sale right at the bottom of a funnel. That's really tough. 
Now, if you start targeting some ASINs, in some ways, it's a very similar approach that I talked about with a very specific keyword, you know, the top 50 keyword rather than the top one keyword. You could do the, the top 50 ASIN, you know, like what's what's the one that you know has good momentum? It's got, you know, two, three, 400 reviews, but it's not the 10,000 review giant. Mm -hmm. Like what's that two or 300 one? Start picking at the edge of that one. Don't pick at the edge of the 10,000 because that's not a novel idea. Everyone wants to pick at the at Coke or Pepsi. Like how about three layers out from that, you pick at the brand that's like not nearly as established and still sells off of something besides their brand name, trying to steal from a brand directly that has a reputation that's huge is really hard. So pick at one that's still in kind of that commoditized space just like you are. And I think you got a good chance to, again, pretty deliberately in small ways, steal sales here and there. Does that answer your question, Dustin? It does. And this has been, I mean, this is really gold for someone who's out there starting their Amazon business. Everything that you just laid out, that this is like uh, us seeing these mistakes being made all the time. And people come yeah. to us saying, advertising doesn't work on Amazon. I'm rolling <laughs> all my money. I My ACOS is 400%. You know, it's like, we just see this and you just laid out the roadmap to how, how to not this, let this happen. And it is counterintuitive. It's it, you're you're taking baby steps. You're working yep. your way into this giant, and I mean it's amazing. So, all right, somebody's been listening to this. They're like, "Oh my God, Corey, he's amazing. I've got to work with him." How do they get in touch with you and AMZ Atlas? Well, yeah. So just you can reach out to me directly. My email is Corey C O R E Y at amzatlas.com. That's amzatlas.com. Just send me an email. We we love to help out, and, and I think. Again, in a, in a noisy industry like we're all a part of, where there's you know get rich quick schemes, and it might as well be Bitcoin. Like <laughs> that's just not how we operate. Like I would like you know honest to a fault, and so we're we're just gonna that's just how it is. You know we're we're gonna tell you strengths and weaknesses of the brand that you have. If we can help, we'd love to do that. But also, agents you know agency doesn't come free either. And you know somebody is just I'm not in the business of making false promises. Like we're, we're going to be honest about the, the road ahead for somebody who approaches us, but that person who wants to get after it and is ready to like hear the truth, not necessarily what they want to hear, we're all about that. Like that's the kind of the kind of client we want to work with that's like, okay, I'll put in the work, I'll do the time, I'll, I'll listen to you when you say that selling an item for $8.79 on Amazon is the fastest way to lose money. Like. <laughs> You know, like, okay, we got to find a way to multi-pack your item or sell it for higher value. Your FBAP is going to eat your lunch. Like, you know, like there's no ego here, but I would hope the people that reach out to us also have that same disposition because I, I can't convince somebody to make a good decision. We just tell it how we see it. And there are some major fundamentals that are pretty challenging on Amazon. You don't have any reviews. Okay. This is going to be a tough road. It doesn't mean you can't do it. Been done before. Did it last week with a client, you know, put an item in the top 10 of a toys category with an item that was 45 days old. Like we did that. Like that wasn't easy. Took a budget, took an ad plan and we made it happen. But you it, and to think Amazon's too far gone is not true, but you have to be very deliberate and you have to focus on the nuance because just throwing the tactic at it that everybody else does is not going to get you there, especially if you have a product that's brand new. That's good stuff, Corey. Well, I mean, I know this has been ultra valuable to everybody listening. We'll, we'll definitely have you back on because we touched on just one tiny aspect of the Amazon space. There's so much more that we can we can dive into. So we'll we'll definitely get you back on again soon. But thanks so much for uh, taking I, Absolutely. Any anytime you need it. You know, I'll just you know crack the head open and just like, you know, 
hopefully we didn't, you know, we go didn't go in too much jargon. You know, when you start talking IPI scores, sometimes people's eyes gloss over yeah. like, what is that? Like, I don't, I yeah. don't sell radios. I don't care about the FCC requirements. Like, well, <laughs> it's changing. <laughs> uh, so funny. Yeah, we'll, we will have you back on for sure. Uh, everybody out there, thanks for listening. Um, this content's been great. If, if you love and you want to learn more pure content like this on a regular basis, please go to all of our channels where we're live streaming this. So we live stream this on Solozo's Facebook page, uh, the LinkedIn Solozo page, our YouTube channel, which is called Solozo. We're live streaming these every day. If you're listening on the podcast, would love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified when we have a new episode with unbelievable people like Corey. Um, so subscribe, give us a review and thanks again for tuning in. Hopefully this has been valuable. I learned something today, so that was worth it for, <laughs> it was worth it for yes. me. Yes. Winning, well. winning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you raised the bar today. <laughs> you did. Corey, you taught me something, which is fantastic. So anyway, awesome. thanks again for coming on and everybody will be back at this again tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks everybody.